I know me and Mo have had this conversation already. Um, maybe not more how has it served us, but more on um, just the functionality the, the, the of functionality it. Of it yeah. And, you know, why should black people vote? I think that mm. was the question before. But we're going to talk about politics in general. So this is not only the voting system, but the characters that we see as leaders, the people that we believe are going to change our countries. You know, how has it worked? You can build a timeline if you want from, say... So when you say our countries, are you talking about UK? Um, yeah, UK. We could talk about Africa as well. We could talk about America. Because I feel like with black people, um, you know, we're, we're all over the world. We're diasporans. And again, especially us three, we're all from native African countries. Isn't it? So, you know, but yeah, polit- politics or, or politics, as uh, um, the Nation of Islam like to say, or, you know, like <laughs> Wesley Muhammad and Rizzo Islam, you know, politics and demoncrats and all that kind of stuff. But... Um, but yeah, I feel I feel like politics for me hasn't served us in the slightest because from what I can see from results, again, I'm not a politician, I'm not an MP, but I feel like there's been a lot of theatrics. There's been a lot of promises. It's actually encouraged a nature of selling more hope. Again, like religion, that's why I put the two together. But it's encouraged this this attitude of voting is going to be the answer, or this one man. You see, you see where we're going with this. Just one man is coming to save mankind, and you've got another one man or one woman who's going to come and save you on Earth and your problems. This one man concept is it's not real. It's not realistic when you're actually growing up as a family or a household that always works together as a team. Do you see where I'm coming from? So personally, right now especially with America's politics. Like, I'm not a Trump supporter, but Trump has done more, I personally feel, for black people than Obama ever had. And I feel like with Obama... Have you been listening to Candice Owens, yeah? (laughs) (laughs) Not even still, not even. I mean, you know what? As much as my girl, sometimes she frustrates me to a point where I get so angry, but you know what? I have to really... The last few months, I've been really open to the opposition's view because at the end of the day in order for us to grow we're going to need somebody like that to show us either what not to be or someone that's on their side that can also because i think ah there was a very very good interview on a breakfast club with one black lady i need to remember her name i need to remember her name still let me see if i can get her name but anyway she was uh i'll try and put up in the edits she did an interview with the breakfast club and she's a trump supporter but she was actually running, I think she's um, running for um, or governor or, or vice president. Vice president. Mm. Uh, no, not Kamala Harris. Oh, okay. no, I Harris, think no. I know you're talking about. The black lady. Um, yeah. And she had, she had, you know, she had been in prison and whatnot. She had come yeah. out. And it was Trump's prison reform Pr- Prison reform thing that, that helped her. her. Okay. Yeah. 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 She, bro, she twisted up the freedom to a level where... Like, they were all angry. I've never seen Angela Lee. <laughs> it was there. Because she hit them hard with the transgender stuff as well. And then, you know what she was saying? I, I, and I, and I kind of agree with her in a sense where, you know, we need to stop looking at what the person looks like and how, hmm. you know, they, 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 they would look in that seat and versus their actual policies. And I know it sounds very stupid because everyone's like, yeah, duh, you should look at the policies. But if I start asking everyone about... Did they look at Obama's policies before voting him in? You wouldn't have voted him in. Obama was the image 
that they could reuse to infiltrate Africa and build all these new strong economic laws in Africa. Also, keep black people at bay because, again, like J. Edgar Hoover, the head of the FBI, said the most biggest threat to America is a, you know, independent and thinking Negro. Mm -hmm. So what we need to understand is that with politics now, it, it come like the, you know, the music awards or the MTV awards or, or, or Love and Hip Hop, you know, who's the best character on the show. Right now we've got two characters. And with Trump, what Trump's shown people in the world is that you can actually do what you want when you're in power if you're bold enough to do it. Hmm. People can say Obama's thing was all white privilege and it was this, it was that, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, personally, there was no benefit. You had more black killings of, 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 of sorry, more killings of black people via police officers, you know, in America at that time. And then he didn't even... Is, is that a natural progression of time, though? Everything increases over time. It increases over time, but then what did you do about it when it was your turn? So the house could be dirty every week, but if it's your turn to clean it, how did you clean it compared to your brothers? Or your, do you see what I'm coming from? Your brothers and sisters. And I think with him... I even he even created a law, the blue what was it, the blue lies law, or blue or blue saint law, where police were even more protected when they had committed some of these heinous crimes against other black people. So, because I know Trump, uh, Obama mm. did put some police reforms in place, especially specifically if we're talking about in Chicago, mm. and it was only when Trump got in power that those were basically taken away. So. Mm. A lot of people might say, oh, he didn't do this, he didn't do nothing. Mm. But there was actually specific things that he did. It's just that it wasn't covered under the quote of for black people, if you get what I mean. But, but Doing a p police reform mm. is necessarily more, there's a problem in the policing system, let's fix that. As opposed to it being specific, oh, let's reform it so that less black people are subject to certain things, if you get what I mean. But why was that specific to Chicago? Um, because America's twisted in the way they govern their laws. There's mm. state law and then there's federal law. So he, he I know a lot of the time he might put in place federal laws, mm. but then each state can enforce or enact that law how they want to do it. Mm. So but that was the whole problem he had with the whole Obamacare and this and that and all of that stuff. It just come like Trump's just having his way because Trump is just, <laughs> you know, what's there? Like, and I mean, when it comes to black people now, as you know already, we often get told, you know, you need to vote, you need to vote, and there's this emotional connection to voting because they say, oh, our ancestors voted. Our ancestors never died, so you can go and vote two lesser evils. Our ancestors died for the fact of voting because at, at, at that time, that was what our civil rights was going to get us. Mm. Now we're here. <laughs> and if I'm sitting back and I'm saying, I don't think black people should vote if you haven't got an economic base behind you, period. Because a vote is not going to change your life. Mm. I've, I'm, I'm, I'm what, 31 now, yeah? And I've never grown up in a government that has specifically helped black people. They may have done favours and little trinkets here and there, youth clubs opened up or maybe get free school meals for whatever and blah, blah, blah. But essentially handouts is not going to help our situation. Mm. And I'm going to go into the dependency part anyway. But yeah, Vicky, you want to... Yeah, so I was, sorry, I was yeah, looking so, for yeah. her name. I couldn't find out. I, I, want, I want to find it. <laughs> well, when I was... Um, mm. When I thought about this topic of mm. politics and how it serves the black community, I feel as though like... 
it's, it's not really made for us, is it? We're, we're kind of just here and participating. Mm. But it's not really for us because yeah. a lot of people in England and a lot of English people don't believe this is it. You can't sit. That's why I had to com- like clarify with you when you say our country what are we talking about here because mm. i feel like a lot of people feel like this is not my country and i should just be happy that i'm here happy that i'm allowed to work happy that i have a roof over my head we're already put at a level of disadvantage right mm. so when it comes to i do believe when you go like let's say higher up in like in terms of wealth i think there's not so much of a care about race i think the care lies Sorry, heavily. i found her name mm. angela stanton King. She, do you know I saw that name and I thought I was looking at the wrong person. No, that's the right way. Yeah. Angela okay. Stanton, yeah. Whenever you get a chance, watch the interview with Angela Stanton on The Breakfast Club. But yeah, sorry, yeah. Vicky, so continue. Then, yeah, so like literally, I feel like when it goes higher up in regards to wealth and, you know, and you're looking at the, like people who really kind of make the money moves, because realistically, whoever backs whatever political party, we've got to remember they have a big influence on what they want that person to do mm. and how they want that, what things they want that person to push on and what things they're maybe maybe some people put money behind it and they don't really care but most of the times as in business if you have a customer who's paying a lot of money so in regards to politics that would be let's say backing your campaign Mm. they tend to have an influence they have a say because if Mm. they pull their money you're you're running on less right so i feel like when it comes to the idea that's not common knowledge though no yeah it's true it isn't yeah but I mean, it's not common knowledge, but with, it's the, not common knowledge with, with, with the way we've got the internet now and information, like you've got Dr. Claude Anderson, who's been shouting this since for, years. for years, bro. And I've seen, so to cut you, Vicky, but I've just seen so much of his work. Like I'm watching footage of him in the 70s. Yeah. And it's it's quite sad because Power, Power, um, Powernomics book, it was written ages ago. Fantastic book. Get that book. Everyone read it. Trust is. and and I feel like like you said it's the whole wanting to be manipulated because yes. if you don't want to watch and I, so I'll let you finish Vicky mm-hmm. I just want to interject quickly yeah mm-hmm. if you watch your community just say you don't you don't even know what Dr Claude Anderson is doing you don't even want to know what anyone else is doing yeah mm-hmm. as a black person but you could grow up around Chinese and Indians Arabs Turks we can go into Romanians Polish and you look at how they gov like a Polish man will come here. And within one year, like, he will come here, have no money. One year, he's got a job, yeah? Within two years, he's got a car wash. Within three years, his family's come over here. And within four years now, everybody's in position. You see where I'm coming from? Mm-hmm. So the wife maybe now may have a job now. They, yes, they may go for the council housing route, but they've got their own place. Right to buy comes around the corner. Boom. They pay that off. They, you know, they put deposit down for that. Two twos now. The children learn English, but they still keep their Polish culture. Now they've got the car wash. You know, who's now saying to the wife, "Hey, you see your 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 um your nephew or your brother or your or your whatever? I've got a job for them. Mm. So now they can now work with them if they wanted to underneath the books and get cash in hand, because they would know that they would have to go for that immigration process, which would be a bit more longer for them to get their legal mm. papers and whatnot. But already within ten years, can you see how that will grow? But anyway, carry on, Vicky. Sorry, yeah, I just wanted yeah, to. Yeah, no. So I was just saying, mm. when it comes to people that are wealthy, I feel like their concern isn't so much race it's just about how can we keep the poor people poor like they don't want poor people getting rich and because we are already at a disadvantage Mm. because of how literally just basically starting off how we even came to be here in terms of like let's say let's just even start with something that's common like slave trade Mm. 
mm. from something like that and into how immigrants are treated so people that are trying to come into the country there's consistent disadvantage there right mm. so if their interest is to just keep the poor poor we're not the only ones being kept poor because we've got people on the states <laughs> that live you know out there that are classed as chavs or whatever like they're, they're getting hit by it too but we are automatically at that disadvantage because the majority of us are coming in at a disadvantage already mm. do you get what i mean mm. so i feel as though when it comes to politics they don't serve black the black community at all <laughs> i think they do show things to serve the black community in terms of getting votes because I think <laughs> well, there, there's a belief a in, things, you know, <laughs> if black people do buy into this person or this idea, you've got a good number of people that are going to vote for you. Like, yeah. Mm. So I think politics is the smokescreen democracy hiding hypocrisy. Mm. And, and the reason why I say that is because they sell and sell and sell to you how it is a genuine democratic functioning system or whatever mm. Mm. and then when you really deep it and look into it it's far from that mm. it's, it's just it's just hypocrisy in its fullest highest state mm. <laughs> and i just yeah. feel that in terms of our community we are lied to the most out of any other community because we are just sold promises as opposed to actually mm. any physical change or Anything follow through, follow through at all. Um, I mean, you've got my good friend David Lamley that's been the MP for mm. Tottenham for years mm. now. You know him, yeah? David Lamley. No, I don't know him, but he's a good friend because he's a brother out there fighting. That's the, it. The good fight. See, I like that. Mm. I like that. Do you get what I mean? Um, mm. And I just feel even someone like him has, he did the commission police reform thing, mm. gave him 15 things that they could do and whatever they led um what's it called um david cameron put him the leader of that and they didn't do one thing that mm. he recommended not one and it's literally all about this whole smoke screen this yep. let me just give you something to perceive that you can do something with yep. it but i ain't really gonna do i'm not gonna follow through it and yep. and the thing is as a community you're not even gonna hold me to follow through with it right or that, follow up right, you see that you see that there you see that there just to, uh, you're probably going to say the same thing i'm going to say but if 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 they if david lammy had for example because he's the it's the mayor of tottenham not the mayor of tottenham it's the um mp, MP of tottenham, tottenham innit? yeah let's just say tottenham had a black community that owned let's look at let's look at i'm trying to i'm not really from tottenham so i'm trying to remember areas let's just say we owned most of our houses even if you look at wood green Mm. Yeah, I don't know if that covers is the same area or not, but it may be a different area. But let's just say even Tottenham High Road, White Hart Lane, most of the businesses that are owned by Nigerians and Ghanaians and whatnot on there. Um, we had a community where we owned our houses and owned the stuff, and we came together and said to David, "I mean, look, behind that agenda, we're going to raise fifty thousand. Told the government we got fifty thousand, they refused it. All right, cool, we're going to try and now bring back seventy thousand. If we had that economic base behind us." Would they have taken us even more seriously? Because I feel like David Lammy is not enough <laughs> for them to even look at and say, well, you see I'm coming from? Mm, mm. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's sad because that's a man that would attempt and try. And, and I, I get what mm. you're saying. And I think that's why sometimes I, I, I always remind people that poor is actually a mindset as opposed mm. to a physical um, yeah. hindrance. 
Mm. So in terms of, say, somewhere like Tottenham, in terms of um, social class, it may be seen as a lower social mm. class area. Mm. And uh, the economic income of most people in the area isn't so great. Mm. So you wouldn't think that such a community could raise such amount of funds mm. and and be able to come on us on, on come to the table with a standing point and say boom we've got this amount of money and we mm. want this and this put through but i believe the power in group economics numbers mm. i feel even if it is just five pound or ten pound mm. as long as you've got a certain number of people all rallying together yeah. and putting it through mm. then no matter how poor or whatever a community is, mm. they can have some kind of financial so, strength. Mm. So and do I just you, think, yeah, sorry, just yeah. off one of the things you mm. said was um, about, you know, who, who are they being held accountable to? Like, the reality is, is even when, for example, with the lockdown and then there were issues in China with black people being mistreated there and mm. the issues with what's happening in America, there is nobody that they have to answer to <laughs> when they do these things to black mm. people, which mm. is why we are further disadvantaged because it's like well who's coming to save you yeah, yeah. it goes you know? back to our topic of black nationalism isn't it? Mm. Mm. so it's like i think in in that sense there's that disadvantage but also the education gives us a disadvantage because let's say we go to community schools because most black people do not want to move to rural areas where you are the only black person in your class because then you're facing other issues there around racism discrimination and it naturally i, I don't know anyone that's lived out, out in the sticks and has not experienced this as a black person like i think most of the people i know that have like moved out and they've been like the like the minority mm. in their school they have experienced the form of racism from students some prejudice from teachers or that just kind of get over it mentality mm. but in education they don't teach it in most of the schools in london think about it, politics is not a something you have to learn Oh yeah, no, no, that's true. But that's intentional, when I, when though. I keep knowledge from you. You're already at a disadvantage because that's, you don't know. Same so reason why, in terms of that's intentional, wealth, that it's like you have to really go out of your way to find these things out because they don't want you to find out. You know. So, do you guys feel that? Well, clearly, we know it hasn't served us. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, do you guys feel we ha- we have to then govern ourselves? Like, and when I mean govern ourselves, I know some people may feel like you know you meditate, wake up in the morning, and, and affirmation and whatnot. That's good. I'm talking about govern ourselves like we start to invest in our own actual security firms to police some of our communities. We start looking at actually providing our own actual welfare system that doesn't cripple us mentally, make us dependent, that actually uprises us and makes us even more, you know, stronger in mindset than what we are right now. Mm. Our schooling system, because one thing I was saying about the schooling system, and it's an idea I had with Ghana, yeah, is when I looked at Africa, especially Ghana, a lot of people said to me, bro, if you want to make change in this country, you're going to have to go through the church because the church has a, has a very, very big stronghold in Africa, especially in Ghana. Everyone goes to church. Everyone listens to the pastors. The pastors are some of the richest people there. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of the influence. So if you used to push an engender, for example, where you said, oh, you know what? Saturday is going to be Black History Day. And Saturday, everyone in, let's just say, the Danseman area in Accra, has to go to this school, this school system now. In order to implement that, I would have to probably donate a certain amount of money to the mayor and say, hey, we're going to build a development here. We're going to give you some flats or whatever, blah, blah. Or if I knew a friend that had a development. Do you guys reckon we should do the same things here? Because it does go to black nationalism as, mm. as what we were saying mm. and having people accountable. Mm. If David Lammy 
knew that there was someone that he, he had to be accountable to, that it was going to affect his day-to-day life, would that put more pressure on more leaders? Because I feel like with someone like David Lammy, you know, where was it, where was the actual financial backing behind him? Because again, this, the petition thing for me, I don't, boy, I have not, someone could show me how that works. I don't actually see how that works at all. I mean, I think in, in, in Dave Lammy's defense, he, he did all that he could do. Mm. He did all that he could do. But, Unless the actual, I don't know, the, the the Prime Minister's office that controls the commission or whatever, unless they are willing to put forward any of the recommendations that he mentioned or even invest to implement some of them, there's nothing he can do. He has tried to hold them can, accountable, but he is one man in a house of 360-something mm. MPs mm. That is screaming something, and everybody else doesn't mm. care. Yeah. So, like he he's fighting a battle on his own. Mm. It's just like we've got to take the David Lammy out of the courthouse or the parliament and use that David Lammy example. I'm just using him as an example. I'm not, you know, you, you know what it comes to. There, there was a thing that I was speaking about in terms of how, let's say you've got the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, mm. that's a business. Yeah, you've got the big grand dragon or whatever. And a lot of people want this whole representation thing mm. in businesses whereby if we put a black person at the CEO or big mm. corporate mm. thing, mm. then somehow that person is now going to help our community and do things. Yeah. Mm. But you've got to understand that every organisation and structure is intentionally has their certain ways of doing things mm. in terms of rules, regulations, functions, this, that. So no matter who's leading it, their foundations and their core is always fundamentally going to come through. Mm. If you get what I mean. Mm, mm, so mm. I, d- I just feel like us thinking that getting an MP in a system that doesn't generally want to help or support mm. these lower communities mm. um, is, is, is never going to work. Yeah. And it comes back to what you were saying. We actually need to do for ourselves. Yeah. Mm. We need to function as a group ourselves and implement things. And then what you'll find is as we start to grow mm. these external um organizations or factors will now start to listen mm. do you understand yeah. because we are coming to the table as a power like mm. i'm i'm going off a bit here but just mm. the whole um reparations arguments you know mm. people say oh yeah we should get reparations blah 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 mm. and then you hear about japan they ask for reparations mm. Mm. Uh, for their people that were killed or whatever in America and stuff mm. like that. Mm. And America said, no, mm. you, you you don't come to a table asking with nothing. Japan, what they did is they went, built their economy. Mm-hmm. They were one of the fastest technology economies, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then they came back and said, boom, we want our reparations or you're not going to have access to all that we've yeah. built strong, whatever, and stuff like that. Mm. Mm. And then got then they got paid. Yeah. They got paid their money. Yeah. Same with the, the Jews, same with the, all these yeah. other communities. And that's the thing mm. is, I do think it starts from back home. And when I say back home, I guess some black people can say the Caribbean if they want, that's their home. Mm. But I do think a lot of it starts with Africa. There's a lot of wealth in Africa. Mm. And if realistically, you, can you imagine having Africa as a backing with all the wealth own, belonging to Africa, as in Africa saying, you're not getting these goods unless mm. we get X, Y, Z and the other? It would put us in so much of a powerful position that I genuinely believe they are never, they're going to make it very difficult for that to ever happen. And I think they're fully aware of that. Mm-hmm. And that's why Africa's 
I feel is it's a hard subject to say that because mm. there's so many systems and stuff they've put in place so that mm. we don't work for ourselves yeah. or do mm, stuff. Mm, yeah. you know what I mean, mm. in terms of, like, if you think about all the Francophone countries, all the mm. countries that were French Connollys, mm. France has been influencing every coup that has ever happened yeah, there yeah, yeah, because yeah. you've had Patrice Lumumba proper. Yeah. Mm. There's mm. been leaders in Africa mm. that have wanted Actually, yeah. to do good, mm. but they get taken out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So <laughs> it's like they're going to make it very difficult for it to happen because mm. they understand what's at stake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've got a fact. We've got to have, like, I've never, I don't, I don't know if you guys have seen The Spook Who Sat By The Door. Um, mm. It's an old movie, 1970s, I think, probably. Mm. Um, maybe even maybe even a bit earlier or maybe even older. But anyway, my man is a black guy. He goes to work for the CIA and basically, you know, becomes an agent. Now, he learns everything he learns from the CIA implements it in obviously the civil rights stuff that go in America to a point where the CIA thought it was the Russians that were doing all these different things. Not only that, it was this one guy, this black guy who learned everything from them. And my thing is this, if we're going to be doing these things, like you're saying, going back mm. to Africa, we've got to have things like our own intelligence system. We've got to have yeah. our own actual, mm. you know, system that can actually report on certain things and keep on and cover our backs. Yeah. Again, back to, you know, with religion, we can't go there expecting, mm. you know, a God to protect us and whatnot. God's no. given you a brain and two hands and your own actual body and mind to think mm. and do for yourself. So I feel like also we've got to have a, a a constructed plan that's sometimes not even said in certain groups. Like your mum shouldn't even know your plan because mm. your mum may be your biggest or worst enemy. Mm. You know, one's there, fam, because they may not understand the magnitude of what you've got to do. So they're mm. so fearful of it. Oh, I don't want you to go back to Ghana and get involved in politics. Mm. They're going to kill you. Then you mm. keep hearing that, oh, so-and-so's going to kill you. It's like, all right, cool. Well. Know, to be honest, can I just quickly say, mm. I don't actually think we even need to go back to Africa to have some form of influence there. I, yeah. don't, I don't think that needs to happen. No. Mm. I think we need to be smart about it and drain money from this economy from mm. where we're working here and be sending that back home. Because I think that was the initial idea of people mm. that migrated here was, I'm going to work to feed my family. But if yeah. we ex broaden that view to I'm going to work to feed my family who's going to work with the community who also have other people mm. out here feeding that's, their families and, and to build, yeah, yeah. then I feel like there would be... And that's the, you know, that's the ideology that mm. I've been trying to push in terms of as a diaspora outside of Africa, mm. it's us that are going to yeah. properly yeah. help mm. and save Africa mm. in yeah. terms of how we get in all these resources yeah. and bringing them back. Yeah. Mm. Because we would, going back home, just basic things like you're seeing a certain amount of bauxite that's being exported from Ghana. And you're like, hold on, how much percentage is this company getting? This French company or this African company, um, this British company or whatnot? No, 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 no. That bauxite has been used for what? They're saying it's going to be used for this amount of money or this amount of stuff in London. When we're in London, we're like, no, nah, this don't get used in this amount. It just, this is a lie. Mm. We can go in and negotiate better terms. We can also leverage that understanding that we already know already what they want over in Britain. So mm. if it's things like, for example, I remember telling my cousin about, um, you know, Moringa. And she was just like, why do you like getting this leaf, this green leaf you love? You know, you're cussing me because I'm, I'm plant-based and whatever. Mm. I just said to her, you see this Moringa over here? If you was to grind it down and make even just maybe, I don't know, um, just say a 500 grams of this. In Whole Foods, they sell that for like 12 pound. Yeah. You see where I'm coming from? So... If you lot start to understand that, hey, there's bare independent small markets that will buy a Moringa in bulk mm. and you like can dry it. And just to say, for example, I gave this idea to you and you was the 
the district dis- and distributor that actually collected these stuff from all these Ghanaian people that had. Cause remember, Moringa grows like how oak trees grow here. Mm. You know, ones there like how oh, we see grass. So yeah. if they was to take that and say, "Raw, you know what? Um, you can even start off so small. Where right, I'm gonna phone this auntie, and that auntie to take back, take that back in their in their suitcase, or whatever. You pay for the extra luggage. You come back now, and um, basically when you come back, you get to a point where. Um, you know, um, you get to London, there's someone like me there that comes and says, right, I want to, you know, put in this, get a team together, bag it up and whatever. I'll mm. go to Lewisham Market, go to Deptford Market, go to this market, that independent store. Before you know it, you would have your own small business. And mm-hmm. I feel like, like you said, there needs to be branches. I feel like we need to have an understanding, obviously, of how to do it in the UK as well. Like you said, drain the money. So, mm. you know... And that's the thing. That's mm. that's where they get people though, because you have to have capital. If, you, mm. if you're only making enough money to literally run your household until the next month, you don't have that capital. Also, this this notion that is sold to everyone that you know, you go school, go uni, get a job, get married, buy a ha- or buy a house, get married. Like they're tying your money up in selling you that this is how your life should be yeah. running. <sighs> and and they're tying your money up for a long time. Like a mortgage is oh, not. It's not. It's not. It's not easily affordable for everybody. So there's saving a deposit. Then there's, you know, actually paying and making sure you're able to meet those bills. And then there's the fears around what happens if I don't, if I can't meet these month's bills. And that's where a lot of people will Mm. die on their ideas because they're not going to do it. They're just going to play safe and they're going to be like, no, I've got kids. I've got family to take care of. Because again, they're going from that narrative. Like you Mm. said, our parents came with where it was, I'm trying to build for my family. Really, who is your family? But the difference was at least their parents were building for family back home. <laughs> that, <laughs> but that's then it's that's what true. What was happening there? Because then, I've, I've literally mm. had experiences of, like, in in my own family where mm. there's been a business set up back home, and the purpose has been to grow the business. Mm. And this family member has not grown the business. They're sitting there and they're comfortable. They're making sure them and their family are okay, and that's it. And it's mm. that mentality that has to change if people stop like do you get what i mean i think everyone thinks on quite a narrow smaller picture context you know everyone just looks at what they can see rather than the actual bigger picture i i, I feel yeah. like i feel like the ho- i feel like def- what you're saying is true i feel like the holiday experience for us shouldn't just be like i hate when i see people it's just my opinion i hate when i see people going back to africa and and, uh, and trying to treat it like it's napa or i be for miami where they just go and party and drink and party and drink i'm just thinking you are like Bro, I'm, I'm guilty of that. I was going to say, don't judge me. Uh, no, 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 I'll no, go no. back there. Listen, I'm going to turn up, no, turn I'm, up, <laughs> turn up, turn up. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of that as well. I'm not going to front. But then the next day I might go to my mum's land and say, right, what needs to be done now? Because obviously I'm here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I, and I'm not trying to, that's why I love Ghana Escapes, you know, big up Harm K uh, when it comes to Ghana Escapes because that's a mixture of you partying and whatever, but you're also learning about the culture mm. and opportunities and how to invest in Ghana. And I feel like, with that as well, there's a lot of, if there, if there was something that where we, you know, we wouldn't, we just say, right, for a year, we're not going to go to any other European countries, but our own and just see what small things we can do. I feel like that mindset needs to be taught to the Africans as well. So when we mm. are sending money and we are, you know, trying to, to build these extra, you know, legs of, of, of economics yeah it stands firm you know the ones there like and just... I, I, I think I, I like what you're saying definitely and mm. um, I think there's there's normal day-to-day realistic things that I think kind of escape those kind of things actually happening mm. Mm. so in terms of as much as you might say yeah instead of going Europe or whatever 
Uh, let's go Africa. The, the, the price tickets difference to go Africa and mm. Europe is mm-hmm. massive. And in terms of business infrastructure, mm. Europe has developed a way whereby I can go to Holland for twenty pounds. Do you get what I mean? I feel, and I then come back and do this and do still, that. Yeah, but if you go off-peak seasons, if you go like... Even if you go off-peak to Africa, mm. you're, what's, £200? Like, mm. if you're sub-Saharan, if we're talking? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Minimum. Mm. Mm. Off-peak. And there's also is t- knowing who to ask these questions to when you get there. Yes. You, you, know, you see what it is? Yeah. There, there is, sorry to cut you, there is actual... Like, I, I can't speak for, like, obviously Uganda mm. and other places, but I know in Gambia, there's there's institutions like... Then Uganda has a big Gambia has mm. a big British tourism yeah. system there though. Now it does. Mm. Now it does. It never it never used to be because like that. Because they're pumping mm. money into that government and that's right. why he's doing everything they're saying. Right. So then again, they they still, as much as it can look like maybe mm-hmm. progress is being made, it isn't because who is still kind of call, who's calling the shots? But if we get there first, remember, if we get there first, let's just say for example, there's a hundred thousand of us over the course of six years that went back as UK diasporans back to Gambia, Ghana and Uganda. And out of that 100,000, there's about, I don't know, three properties between each person, one business between each family. When it comes to kicking us out or trying to get rid of us, it's going to be very difficult, Mm. especially us knowing how the British government works. But you've got to remember, sorry, just Mm. cutting quickly, you've got to remember, like, even... So for, I'm just using Uganda for example, right? Oil's mm. been found. That land has been bought up. <laughs> you know, so yeah. People need to go yeah, back yeah. home and be mm. like, I want to buy there. Firstly, the price is is, is high, right? Mm. Higher than anywhere else in Uganda. Secondly, these people already know what's there, so they're not going to sell none of their land to you because they've bought there for a reason. <laughs> yeah. cool. Do you know what I mean? So mm. there's already blocks in the way. So it is about going and you do really have to, I think obviously mm. when I say, the reason why I said I don't feel like we have to, go back home to make it work and to make it happen is because what we're going to be doing is jumping onto something and we're going to try really learn the economy and that's not to say that shouldn't happen but i just think it shouldn't be the first thing to happen because what we've got an advantage of is we understand life here and we Mm. understand this economy right Mm. as long as you if you can connect with somebody that's back home that also is trustworthy and understands that economy you can get things moving a lot quicker than but you trying to be the one to go back and now figure it out. 100%. I feel like it would definitely have to be a, a, a divided effort. So it would have to be, mm. like, if it, it could just be a rotation. So say three of us, for example, we picked Uganda and it was you went in January and mm. your own thing was just to network. That's mm. all you were supposed to do. Mm. Find the right channels. Mo was going to help raise the money. His job was to go there and make sure it goes into the right hands and the right banks so mm. it's accessible to the right people. And then my job could be just to oversee the operation to make mm. sure that even with the three of us, if we did that on a house mm. or a car wash, mm. you see where I'm coming mm. from, that could work. And mm. one thing I learned about Africa as well, especially in Ghana, your prop, you can go there with an idea and it may not work. But you see your problem. That could be your new entrepreneurial uh, 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 um, 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 idea. Yeah. You see where I'm coming from? Listen, yeah. Because That's your niche market, basically. Niche, yeah. right? So my uncle may build a house mm. and realize that, raw, you know what? For the house, the size of the house he needs, he might need a well because he's not trying to, you know, buy the poly tanks and buy water. So he's going to dig in the ground. That might cost him a grand or two grand. Mm. But he also might realize that, hey, the, the the community he lives in right now don't have that much of a big of a water supply. So you know mm. what? I'm going to sell water to the shops. Mm. By selling water to the shops, he may also look at it and think, raw, you know what? I see enough men driving here. 
in their cars, but there's just they're washing their cars themselves outside their job mm. before they go into work. Mm. Why not just start a car wash? I've got a well already. Mm. You see where I'm coming from? Mm. So before you know it, a slow effort. Cause we, look, we did it in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in the African American states. We've done it all over a lot of these places. The, the blueprint, I feel, is there. I just feel like the action, you know, action is being taken. Yeah. There, there is small individuals that are doing it now. I think that's what we need to do. We just need to group with those small individuals because once we do that, then it will make more sense because I feel like with the politics way, again, even now, like, we, we've gone into economics because you realise the politics way doesn't really help. It doesn't really work. doesn't really serve us. So... I mean, mm. just to jump in in terms of the politics side, um, I do say one thing that our community needs to get over is that in politics, we need to not be deceived by the personality thing. Mm. <laughs> because I think I, I, I think I had a whole big argument with someone because mm. they were against voting for Conservative just simply because it's Boris Johnson or whatever. <laughs> and... Even even someone else I spoke to America, like they wouldn't go and sit down and talk to Trump. And I just feel people need to get over themselves personally and just think that politics is a business transaction. Mm. And when it comes to business, mm. you will actually do business with anyone provided it benefits you. Yeah, it's true. And and I think that's how you need to see politics is mm. you will work with who you have to work with provided you benefit from it mm. that's true and i do think that is the reason why we've got into economics and, and the business side of things is because that's what drives politics that's yeah, realistically yeah, yeah, yeah. what's literally, going on behind literally. closed doors it is all mm. politics it's all about finances it's all about who's got the most wealth mm. and and then they run it as a business and i mm. think politics is just there to kind of i feel like they're just there to repeat and parrot back what the people above them have said they want or you know the direction they're trying to take the economy in or the world in or yeah it's the, just, yeah. they're funded by the you know the world banks the big world banks like mm. the Bilderberg and Rothschilds and whatnot so mm. they need to have a show where people can be entertained of what's really going on when really mm. and truly that's not what's really going on you know even with this whole COVID thing if you look at it right now mm. from March I feel like the government's acted like they don't know what they're doing mm. because now what they have done is pushed so pushed in so much tough laws like they've even if you look at london itself in terms mm. of navigating through london mm. they've made it difficult as a driver they've closed off Vauxhall bridge congestion charges now from 7 a.m to 10 p.m seven yeah, but these, days a week these these are all influenced for by financial things though. right and if you look at most of the contracts that are given from these ppe all these companies that set up um you know the data and whatnot for covid these are all people that are run in the Conservative Party. And obviously, when we're looking at their mindset of what they want to achieve, they're using COVID as an escape goat to really push forward all of their tough rules and regulations. But isn't that just capitalism, though? No. As in, you um, see a problem and you find out how you can capitalise from it. You could, you could say that, but then at the same time, capitalism also filled with, like you said, you know, deception, you know, lies and deceit, because they're using serious... Camp old, you know the whole uh, um, the whole eco-friendly environment. You know we're killing the environment, but hey, congestion charge has to be fifteen pound now, and it's mm. going to be. And you didn't even but do that, it after you did it during COVID. Yeah, but <laughs> so so in, mm. in in terms of the congestion charge thing, mm. in Sadiq Khan, he's the mayor of London. In his defence, he's 
It's like his arm was twisted and TFL have basically lost so much money. How are we going to recoup some of that money back? Mm. And one of the ideas is, oh, let's just increase congestion charge. Let's make it seven days a week. Um, I think there were certain cars that used to be exempt from it that aren't mm, anymore yeah, yeah, now yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. And I think what people need to understand is how things work in it. If you're going to have an economy dishing out money, mm. paying furlough, paying all of this, and you hear this billion pound budget kitty or whatever mm. people need to understand nothing comes out of nowhere yeah yeah 100% but then at the same time at what expense because you can't then say as a mayor that you're there to help the people when really and truly you're adding but that's more politics that is no, politics no, no, it's, right. <laughs> it's not like it's mm. different to for example if you're helping a family member well. and somebody mm. says oh can you lend me let's say a grand I need a grand just for this month. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm I'm probably not going to charge you interest on it. Do you get what I mean? But if it's a stranger, I'm like, give me an incentive as to why I want to give you a grand. And I feel like that's how politics operate right. when it comes so, to money. So it's, it's really... So it's like, we can we can support you in this way. So, so but it is going to come at a cost. No, exactly. Mm. And that, that but then the isn't risk. that a community problem though? Is, mm. why, is it my fault to be... It, I feel it's my fault mm. to be expecting something to happen for nothing. Mm. Yeah. I should be willing to give up something I, for this to happen. I don't think even to be willing, but I think it's just for people to know that it's, it's what you said. People need to know that it's going to come at a cost. They need to mm. understand how that works. 100% it's going to mm. come at a cost. So what it, what it just basically sums up really is that politics is not really for us at all. And it hasn't really served us in a slightest way. I call civil rights... You know, we're able to vote right now, whatever. But I do want to touch on the voting thing, though. Yeah, I'm gonna have to wrap up. Oh, yeah, is it, yeah. Literally five minutes. Five All minutes right. Um, so, yeah. So if you want to do it, do it. Yeah, I'll do it quick. Do I'll it. just say, yeah. in terms of politics mm. and voting, mm. a big pet peeve I have is that we have to vote. Nobody has to do anything. Mm. I feel if you're gonna do something, understand how it works first, mm. and then make a decision from there, mm. and make it benefit you. Understand how it works, and then make it work for you. So with the whole voting thing, honestly, it is nonsense. This whole first-past-proposed system that we have in place right now, it's never going to work. It is literally done by marginal seats. If you live in an area that is always going to be conservative, it has done for years, blah, blah, blah. You voting is not going to do a thing. Zero. And number two, I just feel voting is the laziest option that people that want change can do. If you really want change, voting is... The most easiest, simplest thing. You just go in there, mark a thing, and then that's it. But are you actually going to put in the work to do certain community yeah, things or make these changes <laughs> and stuff like that? that so, same thing. yeah, I just feel politics is for lazy people, honestly, personally. Mm-hmm. And I feel if you really want big change or whatever, as our community do, we need to work together, group economics, and mm-hmm. do stuff ourselves. Mm-hmm.